Hello, and welcome to Dabber Notes, the podcast where I share behind the scenes and the making of my Dabber Notes pocket notebooks and accessories. Today's episode is an episode where I discuss both the history of Dapper Notes, how they came to be, why I started making them, and also the very first four releases. These four releases are actually eight, but we'll get to that. To start, we'll talk about the history of how I began Dapper Notes. It all started several years ago as an experiment with a friend. We started a business at that time where my friend, who is an excellent writer, came up with nice phrases that I lettered and wrote in creative ways, and we turned them into t-shirts and posters and sold them online under the name Flat Irony. One word, Flat Irony. In fact, you can still go online and take a look at some of the designs that we've made at flatirony.com. The business was fine and dandy, but we had a problem where we were just another merch company. Another two people selling t-shirts, selling posters that had words on them. They look nice, they were fine, they were great, we sold some to family, friends, and other people, but it wasn't really something that we felt like putting our heart into so much because building up a brand like that is a near impossible task. Especially in this day and age, when you have printing on demand, it is so easy to start up a company like that. We were just lost in a sea of sameness. So we decided to explore something beyond merch. We wanted to do some physical goods that people can hold that aren't just mass printed or printed on demand sort of a thing. And we wanted to make something that was very special. Seeing that we were both fans of pocket notebooks, we both used them extensively for years, we decided to experiment with making pocket notebooks. But not just any pocket notebooks, something that would be unique and special. The same reason that we didn't want to have t-shirts and posters that were just like everyone else. For that very same reason, we decided to make notebooks that weren't like anybody else's. Eventually, though, after experimenting and coming up with pretty nice things, I'd like to think, we closed down the business. Life got in the way, we were too busy, and the business of Dapper Notes, or rather at the time they were called Implaza Books, was put aside. It was put on pause for a bit. As you might have guessed, it didn't end there. Somewhere in between that time of flat irony and now... I started playing with Hebrew typography. I would create designs out of food and other materials, and I started growing an audience. An audience that, coincidentally, wanted to purchase prints of said artwork. And so I set up shop, I put up those prints for sale, and the people who had asked for them did buy those prints. That also didn't really last, just like in Flat Irony. Sure, I sold some things, but it was really just another poster business that you've seen online. Sure, the artwork was unique, but again, it was just posters. And I came back to that very same place that my friend and I were previously in Flat Irony, where I knew I wanted to make something beyond that. And thankfully, I had all the equipment that was stored aside, I had plenty of materials to play with, and I started digging back into playing with pocket notebooks. And this is where the story of Dapper Notes begins. However, at the time, since I was putting this as part of my Hebrew type business, I actually called them to start Hebrew type books. They were made to fit into the existing business, and I knew I could use my very same website where I sold the art prints to sell these pocket notebooks, have one place to manage my business, manage the sales, and everything would be easy to handle in that way. Because I needed them to fit into the Hebrew business, sure, I named them Hebrew-type books, 
but I also decided to package them with a spine on the right side. That would be right to left, which is how Hebrew is read. They are, of course, direction agnostic, and they still are, till today, direction agnostic. They are also still packaged and photographed in the right to left direction till today. And it all started because, at the time, I had to fit that into the Hebrew type business that I had. And so it begins that I made my very first batch. This batch was released at the beginning of 2016. In January 2016 is when the first books came out. And of course, I was prepping and experimenting and looking around at materials ahead of time. The first batch, which, like I said at the beginning of the show, it was really eight different kinds of books. And here's why. I started by advertising it ahead of time about a week before. On January 7th, 2016, was when I made the very first Instagram post on my topography slash art account, where I announced that I'll be coming out with pocket notebooks. And there was that very first edition called A Fly Went By. Little note, there was only one made of that notebook. It had a wine-colored cover with white book cloth on the inside, a cream end sheet, white thread, and that edition was made because I wanted to advertise the new notebook business and to get people to sign up for my newsletter. What ended up happening is that notebook was given away at the end of the first week of releases to one subscriber. That person has the only existing copy of A Fly Went By. And along with A Fly Went By, I released the very first four editions that were up for sale. These are the only four editions that existed before the Bookhead Club began, and they were released in such a way where I was experimenting to actually gauge interest. I played with my friend with Flat Irony to see if we could make special notebooks. We were able to, and I continued that with Hebrew type books. I, I didn't really know if it could be a real business. I didn't know if people actually wanted something like that. After all, there are tons and tons of stationary companies making all sorts of pocket notebooks. Sure, none of them are made by hand like I make them, although some are, uh, and there are no other ones that were made using fabrics as the covers, which is what I decided to do with Tapper Notes. And so I didn't know if people would want to pay a little bit extra for something that was handmade and very special. What I ended up doing was the following. I created these four editions, and on the week of January 10th, so starting on that Monday, which was January 11th, I released two editions, or one edition, but I'll explain that in a moment, one a day, and put them up on my website for sale. The very first day, on January 11th, I released this twin edition, and that's why I said that there were some that were released two at a time. In fact, uh, for this first week, there were three of them that were twin, quote-unquote, editions, and only one of them was released as a single. On Monday, I released Pinot Guar and Corcupine. They are a twin edition because they share the same outside cover. So if you looked at both of them just from the outside, it would be hard to tell if it was one or the other. The Pinot Guar and Corcupine editions have a cork cover, not exactly fabric. So the very, very first Dapper Note that was released is not even a fabric cover. But nevertheless, it's made in the same way that all other Dapper Notes are till today, where they're bound to a book cloth on the inside, creating a nice strong cover. They are hand-sewn with an end sheet to create a nice fancy-looking notebook. Pinot Guar, like I said, has a core cover, a red book cloth inside, cream end sheet, and a white thread, whereas Corcupine had differences on the inside with a cream book cloth, a blue end sheet, and a black 
So very, very similar, but slightly different. Fun fact, the Pinot Noir is one of the only additions that I still make on a regular basis till today. The reason why I'm able to make it on a regular basis is most of the fabrics that I buy, they're bought from a fabric shop and they come and they go and it's not something that is kept in stock normally. And once I finish that, if I try to go back to the store and get more fabric, it is very likely that I would not find any. The cork cover, however, is a manufactured material that I can buy regularly. In fact, very recently I was able to buy some in bulk and I'm able to make additions on an ongoing basis. So every once in a while, I still release a few more Pinot Guars to the public. Moving on to the second edition that was released on Tuesday, January 12th. This one is called Sleeping Tirana. This one was the only non-twin edition. I made a handful of black pleather covers with a red book cloth on the inside, an ice cream end sheet, and a white thread. Of note is that all the editions that were released this week and all of the first editions that I ever made all had the same graph paper on the inside. This is custom graph paper, 70 pound, that is printed for me. At the beginning, I didn't have any special alternate designs on the papers, only graph. The very next day, I released, this was Wednesday, January 13th, a twin edition that was a yellow bright cover. Queen Vespa, the first one, had a gray book cloth with blue end sheet and black thread, whereas King Dart, had a white book cloth on the inside, yellow end sheet, and a tan thread. So again, these two editions look very, very similar, but on the inside, they were slightly different. And finally, that week on Thursday, January 14th, I released the twin edition of Gardener's Bay slash Gardener's Island. Both of them had a tan and white stripe end sheet, kind of made on an angle. And the reason why I released this one along with all the others is because my experiment was to see which type of material spoke to the public. The first day was a cork cover, not fabric. Second day was a leather-like material. The third day was a solid color fabric. And finally, the last day was a pattern or striped fabric. So every single day I released something that was slightly different and I was measuring for the response. What ended up actually happening, which was wonderful, is that every day... Before the day was over, even though I did make small amounts, I didn't make many of each kind, they sold out immediately. And so I knew at that moment during that week that I was onto something with these pocket notebooks. That is it for the first episode of Behind the Scenes of Dapper Notes, the podcast. This is the story of the first four editions and what led up to it. In the next edition, I'll be telling a little bit more about how Analects, the very latest at the time of recording edition that came out, I'm jumping ahead because since this podcast is starting very late after many, many editions were released, two years or more after Dapper Notes began, I'm going to go back and forth between going chronologically through talking about every edition as they were released, but also going back to talk about editions as they come out so that I could tell the story of that edition as it becomes available to you. Please subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast tool listening of a choice. And if you want to see everywhere that it's available, visit anchor.fm slash dappernotes. Please leave reviews on your podcasting choice on iTunes, anywhere else that you can. That's going to help people hear about Dapper Notes and hear the Dapper Notes story. You can also support the podcast on anchor.fm slash dappernotes. There's a little support button and you can decide to give a little extra for the time that I'm spending recording these. For everything else, visit DapperNotes.com, where you can see the latest editions, 
accessories that are always available, and sign up for the Bookhead Club where you can save $15 for a year-long subscription on Dapper Notes. Thank you for listening. This has been Dapper Notes.